You were listening to the Never Meet Your Heroes podcast, conversations with artists about their work and inspiration. I am your host, Anthony Moses Sanchez. Thank you for listening to the Never Meet Your Heroes podcast. I'm Anthony Moses Sanchez, your host, where we're going to be talking to artists about uh, their work and who they have been influenced by and also who are their heroes. So with me today, I have Raul Pizarro, not to be confused with pizza. (laughs) (laughs) Not Pizarro. So uh, say hi to the to the audience. Hello, everyone. Um, so let's go ahead and have you introduce yourself, um, how you got in it, like where you're from, okay. and how you describe your 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 work. Well, my name is Raul Pizarro. I am from Pomona. Um, I'm a painter. I paint mostly naked people, <laughs> but lately. Well, actually, like the past six years, it's been mostly bears, naked bears, mm. <laughs> naked bears. Yes. Um, when did you start painting? I started painting when I was probably in preschool. Okay. So well, didn't we all though? Like, I think. oh yeah. <laughs> so in preschool, was that when you got kind of you realized I really want to do this no. all the time? Well. No. I just always, well, I did just want to do it all the time, but I didn't realize that I wanted to do it as a career until I was in my mid-20s, maybe early 20s. Okay. Yeah. Um, what was that turning point for you to realize that that was your passion? Um, it was mostly a physical thing because I wasn't able to go to school to finish what I was studying. Okay. And all I could do to cope was to paint, which was the thing I did throughout my whole life. Okay. And then um, I just started sharing it through through uh, art galleries because one of my friends kind of got me into it, and here we are. So at the art galleries here in Pomona, that's where yeah, you started? the okay. first one was here in Pomona called the DAW, mm-hmm. um, Center for the Arts. It's a fantastic nonprofit gallery. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's, fant- it's a really big open space that welcomes pretty much anyone. Okay. It, which is still one of the art galleries out here that's still open yeah. in 2017. Yep, it's one of the very last ones. Right. Um, even in downtown LA, there's still only a few open back to like 10 years ago or so. Um, so, and wh- how long ago was that when you did the DAW then? The DAW was probably, oh my gosh. Oh man, I don't know. It's been a long time. <laughs> um... Maybe 13 years ago. Okay. I think. I'm not sure. Something and like that. What was the reaction to your art, your first piece? That um, I don't really remember because it was also when I discovered wine. <laughs> the first time. So does that dovetail into what's your muse? <laughs> yes. Fermented grapes. <laughs> um. What was the first piece? What was the name of the first piece then? Well, I had three, okay. and they were all kind of like dark goddesses. Mm. That one, of course, one of them was um, Kali, mm-hmm. which I've always kind of uh, really appreciated because she felt like she was the most honest god when it came to the way life was in real life, where for things to be rebuilt, they have to be completely destroyed. 
Mm. And that's, she was pretty much my, my favorite one. And okay. the other two were just like mythical ones from stories I'd heard in my childhood. Mm-hmm. Stories from Mexico and stuff like that. So these were folklore-ish? Yeah, like uh, La Llorona. Um, right. I don't remember what the third one was. but Oh, Lilith. Okay, right, yeah. Lilith. <laughs> my favorite one. <laughs> my other favorite one. Um, and I'll, with your permission, we'll put some of these images okay. up for the podcast for people that, you know, if they, or of course they can look at the website too. Um, so that, that was the start and you kind of just got addicted from there, from the show or what, what was, what kept you going? Um, well, I was painting either way. I was painting mm-hmm. a lot, mm-hmm. but it, it kind of like, it was the best way to introduced me to gallery life and exhibiting Mm -hmm. and what to expect and kind of just, it was a good like icebreaker for me. Okay. Yeah. I understand it was a coping thing too. So, but, (laughs) but, um, you know, some artists will do a show, but you know, they, maybe the show didn't go quite as well. So, you know, keep going and you've been, you've continued to show your work. In fact, you had one this weekend, a couple of things this weekend. So yes, we've got another one coming up this Saturday. Right. I don't know what this will post. So. <laughs> <laughs> as <laughs> soon as I can. By then, yeah. <laughs> um, so we talked about where are you from, where you started your paintings. Um, any, what, what, so you have different periods. Would you say different interest themes that you've been painting? Yeah, definitely. I, uh, I've kind of worried about that over time because I don't know if I'm supposed to like stick to certain themes the rest of my life and I just can't do that. Okay. My brain doesn't work like that. Yeah. But I think the three themes that have really kind of just whirled over my mind for the past few decades is are the first series I did where I worked with you and mm-hmm. the paintings, which the that series is called a Song for Deaf God. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... I do a series for Day of the Dead that's that I I do pieces for every year and then the one I've been on working on the past six to seven years is um the bear series. And do you wanna talk about Yeah. We're gonna talk about everything that you okay. wanna talk so we let's talk about what you're currently working on then with your bear. Okay. Well currently the the bears are mostly uh they're kind of they're about how we're all kind of feral in a way we're all beasts mm-hmm. that we forget that we're also animals and um it's just it's kind of like these moments where we realize that we have experienced enlightenment in different moments and that's what each little painting is and the reason i i kind of wrap them in fuzziness and cuteness is because I feel like that's more approachable to a lot of people, especially lately. It seems like a lot of people are afraid or off or put off by um, uh, things that might feel too dark or things that they just don't really want to think about in art. And I feel like I've kind of had to wrap it in fuzziness to be more approachable to some people. I and see. I also like bears. <laughs> well, yeah. 
And so we're surround, we're here in his studio in Pomona, um, and we have a lot of his artwork up here. And you have like these sculptures, so that's also part of the same series that yeah. you. Yeah, well, I started sculpting as well because I, I mean, I'd always wanted to do it, but I didn't know if I could. Uh-huh. And also because some of the paintings I was going to do, I didn't have like the correct lighting, and I just couldn't figure out for the life of me how to make the fur work in certain scenes mm. or certain poses. So I sculpted them to light them and actually use them as little maquettes, little statues. Okay. Yeah, little little models. <laughs> So do you have a preference now between the sculpting or the painting? I love them both. You love them both? Yeah, they're both really... Well, usually during the daytime, I use most of my brain power to <laughs> to focus on painting and physical as well because I have more energy in the morning. Mm-hmm. And then towards the evening, I work mostly on sculpting just to relax. And Okay. Let's talk about how you continue to work. You, send, you, you get up in the morning, you, you mostly paint, you... Yeah. Uh, because the, like a lot of people would want to have questions about like how do you have the discipline like even like Neil Gaiman, the writer like you know just get up and and just start writing or, or stuff like that. So for you, you you chop up your day with just eight hours of painting, three hours right. of painting. What how does that? Um, well, I I usually I have like I said ener- more energy in the morning, um, and I. Uh, I don't know. It's mostly impulsive. I feel like I have to do it. And if I don't, I feel a lot of guilt. Mm. And it's, it's really weird. It's very Amish, but <laughs> I'm a very brown Amish person. <laughs> um, yeah, I just, I really love doing it. And I think for me, it's it's a way to kind of um, cope and fix parts of my brain that aren't working right. And... Uh, yeah, that's, I just, it's just something I have to do. Okay. So could you even say, looking back at what you painted so far, that they tell a part of um, what was going on psychologically for you? Yeah. Um, I think most people wouldn't know that, even people that I know. Okay. Like, um, like close friends still don't know what the paintings are about. They just, you know. Mm-hmm. They either like them or they don't like almost all of us. When we see something, we're just attracted to it or we just keep on moving. Um, But yeah, each one is definitely um, kind of my diary of of where I was at that point and kind of honoring it. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's moments that are kind of embarrassing, but I feel like they're also important that there are things that need to be addressed and, you know, we can't become who we we want to be without you know going through this awkwardness or ugly moments or whatever they are right right but your different paintings so far what has been your favorites oh my gosh um specific paintings um or, or a or, period but yeah specific maybe just in a even if it's just like you mentioned earlier when you started you had your first three or mm-hmm. um well, my first ones I'm very embarrassed about. When I look, okay. When I look back at them. They're really crude. Um, but that's where I was. And I mean, there's nothing wrong with being crude, I guess. But Crude uh, stylistically, technically? I think Is mostly that... when it came to the ideas behind them. Okay. Yeah. And it's, 
It's a little embarrassing. I see. Okay. I I mean, I feel like uh, when I was listening to Depeche Mode's first album on my way over here, and like how it sounds like a little kid trying to sound like Kraftwerk, (laughs) I think it's a normal, you know, I think now the band looks back at it and is like, wow. We were <laughs> we were sixteen, seventeen, right? <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's the work you have to put in. You got right. Where where do you feel like you've made the most growth? At what point and what paintings? And do you for feel me, like- definitely it was uh, when when I started working on songs for a deaf god, mm-hmm. um, because I had to take it to a whole new level when it came to um, my painting technique as well i had avoided it for a really long time because details are time consuming Mm -hmm. and i didn't want to invest that much time in staying home Mm. i was a lot younger and i like many people just wanted to go have fun right (laughs) and so i didn't want to commit to something where i'd have to start and stay there for hours and hours and hours possibly the entire day okay um but when i finally did that it wasn't just that, but it was also the fact that I had to own what was going on with my life. I see. And a lot of people who see my work in galleries don't know that I actually have muscular dystrophy. Okay. They don't know anything about me, which I kind of liked at that point because I didn't want people to like my work because, oh, he's the guy in the wheelchair. Look at what he can do. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's so inspiring or whatever, um, which is kind of gross after a while. If it's for the wrong reason, it's gross. Like if it's if it's like if it's inspiration just because I do something just because I'm disabled, it's kind of like whatever. Mm. But yeah, so it, that's something I had to tackle with that series. That and and what I believed in in life in general and how I'd separated my life from from church. Mm-hmm. I was raised in a very uh, astringent religion. Um, and for a long time I wanted to kind of like make amends with that. And I think that was when I finally started doing that where I wasn't angry anymore. I wasn't, um, just confused about it. Everything just made sense and I had to write about it. I mean, paint about it and Mm -hmm. yeah, that's what the series about is about. So the, the first painting in the series uh, is what, what's the title of the first painting in that the Song of the Deaf? Um, it's Songs for Deaf God. Songs for Deaf God. That's, so that one is, that's also the first time I, I had anyone pose for me. Oh, okay. <laughs> and um, it was, yeah, it was, it was something. I was scared to do that because I, I didn't really know how to work with it person who was nude in my house <laughs> it's kind of uncomfortable but um we just kind of like we just did it you know and and it was awkward for the first few minutes but then once you realize that there's all these other technical things you have to work on like lighting and all that stuff you kind of forget and the body almost becomes like i don't want to say a prop but like this vessel that you have to put in the right light and Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just it becomes the art that you're looking for, and yeah, it was it, that's the one. Sorry, I just went out of attention. No, that's perfect. <laughs> Welcome to my life. <laughs> <laughs> so you, there's several things that happened for you artistically. Then it sounds like you um, were dealing with overcoming your religious stuff in the past, mm-hmm. um, 
you were changing technically or challenging yourself as far as giving yourself more time, putting away your, your free time slowly and focusing more on the art and then, um, working with models. Right. So that kind of was becoming, that was the beginning of when you feel like you were more mature with your work versus the first three paintings that you mentioned earlier, where you felt like, uh, I know what I was doing. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I didn't feel like a hobby at that point. Okay. Or just like a willy nilly thing. I just, I, I felt very committed to it and I invested in, in it, not just like time wise, but material wise. And I did a little more research and making sure that I'm doing things right. Okay. How many paintings do you think you've done to date then? Oh my gosh. I have no idea. I've been really, really bad at um, keeping track of that or mm. I, I really don't know. Right. <laughs> I'd say it's it's in probably the hundreds for sure. In the hundreds? Yeah, because usually I'd only count the ones that were larger. Mm. Um, but there's, there's so many smaller paintings I've done that. And you've also had commissioned work. Yeah, and lots and lots of commission work that I'm not really working on right now. I, I really just want to work on my own stuff. Right. I finally was able to do that um, this past year, and it's been pretty cool. It's really liberating. That's great. And one thing I think that people that aren't as familiar with the painting process is one painting could be, what, how many like months, would you say, oh, yeah. like in a large painting? Yeah. Because you, you do have you do kind of tend to have more larger paintings in general. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, well, the, it's also, um, it depends on, it's not just the height. Sometimes it's also in the technique because when I, for example, like the song short deaf God series, when it's mostly, it's all people mm-hmm. and they're, they're, I think they're all nude. Actually, most of them, there might be one that isn't, but most of them are all nude. And the thing with, with the body and, and painting flesh is that, for me, I like to make it look seamless, which mm-hmm. is all like smoke and mirrors. It's not the way it's actually painted. So I have to, my preferred technique with that is called glazing. And so that's when you pretty much like lay down um, some color and then you have to wait for that to dry before you can add another one because it's like glass over glass. Mm-hmm. And so some of those took up to like six months. They took a really long time. Okay. And then the larger ones took a long time just because they were so huge and I can't reach them. So I had to like flip them on their side, Oh, upside down. Interesting. Kind of looked like a chihuahua trying to get busy with a German shepherd. So you took the canvas <laughs> and you had to flip it completely upside down? Yeah, upside is down. It? Or because I, I mean, I'm the highest I can get with my chair is maybe like another foot okay. higher than where I'm at and. And the last painting I did is six feet tall. Wow. Which is the largest one I've done to date. But yeah, they can take a long time. That one took about five months. Which one are you talking about? The one behind you. It's like a a large grizzly bear Mm -hmm. that's got a small like panda cub in front of it. And he's kind of like weary of releasing the the panda bear. And the Mm -hmm. panda bear is kind of like ready to go but also a little unsure and there's a bunch of uh, literature on the ground and literature is in almost all of the the bear series okay did you want to expound on oh sure the... um that is mostly because i feel like that's 
all of our stories and it's it's every every other story that's been told and the importance behind knowing all of the history um that we've been given through time okay. or that we can give as well so the, that's the largest painting you've done and then you're talking about the history um actually technically other? i guess the mural next to me is the largest one i've done that's of, about eight feet of erica badu <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh yeah sorry it's they can't see this it's yeah it's a, a portrait of erica badu in my living room well which no one will ever see unless they come in here right <laughs> I mean, right um <laughs> So, with the literature and history, was there anything else about the history that was interesting to you? That like, are you putting different types of? I haven't seen all of the the bear series, but um, just books are, are they always represented the same? How? Um, no, it's not always books. Some of them are are tools that are used in mapping things out or nautical searches and um there's also lots of stars in there Mm -hmm. mapping the stars and yeah it's it's pretty much wonder wondering about life and the universe and where we fit into all of it how many more paintings do you have in in mind for that series well right now i have about three exactly that i'm sketching out and i i said that i was going to stop working on it just so i can get back to working on this series of um, Sangshore Deaf God okay. people. <laughs> but I just can't seem to pull myself away from it yet. So I don't want to just stop just because I feel like I, it's expected. I feel like I want to do it when it feels like it's right. And maybe I can do both at the same time. Yeah. Work on both series. Yeah. So, I mean, we recorded, I mean, we took photos for a painting we were going to work on together. You and I. Yeah. yeah like years ago. And I still want to work on that. I've actually got about three paintings that I want to work with. I, there's another, a couple other friends as well mm-hmm. that, you know, I'm just waiting to do them. Right. <laughs> it's the the struggle of any artist, though. Right. You, know, you, you want to do everything. There's all the stuff that you're never going right. to get to do. There's like yeah, And you also reality. want to do it when it's the right time, you know, because mm-hmm. you're going to be investing so much of yourself and I personally I don't want to do it out of um, begrudgingly like towards myself I just want to know that my brain is there and my heart's there and Mm -hmm. you know time as well is there to do it I mean yeah do you feel like there's a difference between like um, you know gay men love discussing pop queens and stars (laughs) and um you know the difference between like let's let's put this example out there sorry lady gaga but a lot of people (laughs) felt like art pop and she admitted it she rushed it out she wasn't her heart wasn't in it you don't want to you don't want to release art pop right (laughs) i think we've all released our art pop (laughs) we've already done it (laughs) um what do you feel even I mean, between the two, you definitely have, I got a sense that your inspiration for um, Songs for a Deaf God, am I saying that right already? Yeah. <laughs> um, versus, what are you calling your bear series? Are you, is it just the bears? Or? I, the, the, initially, I called it Teatro del Mundo, mm-hmm. which is um, Latin for th- theater of the world. Right, right. And I felt like that was the perfect platform. Mm-hmm. 
for what I wanted to do with the bears. Okay. Yeah. And it's not just bears, actually. I've, I've used a few other animals as well. Mm-hmm. But the bears are the ones that I've actually done most of. Right. I relate to them the most, like more than an octopus. <laughs> I've been in a few octopus, octopi, but the bears are... Would you feel that the uh, if somebody said that bears are your spirit animal, would they be right? No, they wouldn't. No. No. <laughs> it's definitely... Um, wait, this is going to be recorded. I probably shouldn't say. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you can... <laughs> My spirit animal is a person. Okay. A famous person. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. We uh, we don't want to we don't want to ruin your career on one podcast. Um so what what do you feel how do you who who's influenced you the most though as far as painting, music, I, I mean anything there's been so specific. Many. There's been so so many. Um there's been people I've met that I've I've had to paint and there's um Almost everyone I've painted in, in Songshore Deaf God, there was a reason why I thought they would be perfect for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and they definitely inspired a, a lot of what went into the painting because usually when I started a painting, I'd, I'd have like this idea of what I wanted to do, but I liked the idea of keeping it organic so it didn't feel fake or stagnant. I wanted it to... There's just something really enjoyable about working on something and seeing it grow while you're working on it. Right. And that's, yeah, I mean, that's that really inspired me. Mm-hmm. Inspires me, like, still when I'm working on certain paintings. So, Songs for Deaf God was definitely inspired by people I've met, um, places I've, you know, experienced, things I've experienced in life. And the the bears are mostly inspired by... Um, things that I remember from my childhood, um, and my nephew for sure. I when um, when he was born was probably like one of the toughest times for me physically because that's when I lost the ability to walk, which I'd feared almost my entire life. I, I, I mean, I knew it was coming because I've had friends who, I mean, had muscular dystrophy, and you just see like the way it progresses and what to expect. And, you know, I knew it was going to happen, but when it finally did, there was lots of challenges that came with that, not just physically, but mentally and things. Just a lot of junk that I wasn't aware I was carrying around. Mm. And when my nephew was born, they actually lived next door. So seeing the way he experienced life from the beginning and the things he'd ask for from us just really kind of like brought me back to a better place where I could see where like where love is born and who we can be and just seeing the way that wander begins and in mm-hmm. in our minds and things that we've kind of forgotten as adults mm. things that are just really fascinating and beautiful and yeah so he was definitely the muse for for that series in the beginning. Okay. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a, a difference as far as the childlike element of the um, Teatro del Mundo. Yeah. Okay. My <laughs> Spanish is terrible. Um, but, uh, you know, just from from our own 
friends I've noticed people are like oh okay yeah, yeah. you're like oh yeah. that's cute <laughs> well most people say that you should start a children's book yeah like just to give the people listening um, who aren't familiar with the work yet just it looks right. like something that that you know it, but it, you know I, I don't think that was your intention to no. to write a children's book Not with the all. images <laughs> so right but I can I totally understand why why folks would think that because it, the the images do lend themselves to to illustrations for children's book, mm-hmm. but that was definitely not the the route. But who knows? I mean, I do want to publish something with with that series, and I've 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 written a few ideas for it and different stories, but I can't really commit to any of them yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll see. Right. <laughs> well, I'm sure an opportunity will present itself. <laughs> um, so let's see what else do we got here. So who are your artistic heroes, if you have... Oh, there's so many. Um, Painting-wise, I love Simone Gadd. I love her work that she does with Hollywood and things she finds and the way she brings them together. I love Gronk stuff. Gronk, I mean, yeah. uh, last name? Like, Gronk. Just goes, oh, that's yeah. right. He just goes by Gronk. <laughs> yeah. That's right. And he's a Chicano, uh, well, East LA 70s, what, his period. Right? I think he's just amazing. Okay. I, I love that. <laughs> You're it's like, fantastic. I think it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> um, I also love Kara uh, Walker. Kara Walker? I love Kara Walker's work. What do you like about Kara Walker's work? I love how in your face it is mm-hmm. and truthful it is. And I feel like a lot of people, including myself, are sometimes afraid to see graphic truth of our of history. Mm-hmm. Because I mean we see America or we're supposed to think that we're like the best country ever. And we've got a lot of darkness in our history. <laughs> and even now, we've got a ton of darkness happening. And, and I feel like her work, just, you have to face it when, when you see her work. And you can't really shy away from it. And I, um, That's what I love about her, just like how unafraid she is to do what, she wants or say what she wants to say through her work can you describe to me like one piece in particular that come like that's um, very yeah. strong to so you there's uh, there's an entire space inside of the Broad mm-hmm. in downtown LA that has her work and it's an antebellum mural I'm not sure how I would describe it but they're all silhouettes which I'm pretty sure she's done quite some time now and they're all different series of atrocities that happened in the south with slavery and um, you're just surrounded by it and there's no way of looking away from it when you're inside of that that space Mm -hmm. and I feel like it's something that we have to face and see as Americans Mm -hmm. um, as humans to acknowledge what's happened and you know just the repercussions from it and I really like that you can't 
look away from it in that space because I feel like in in our normal lives that's what we normally do. We just look at other things or just distract ourselves and it's easy to forget what's happened in the histories of you know, all these lives that been have been like destroyed and affected in generations that it's kind of like, you know, reached towards and I mean I I'm that's what I like about her is just how brave she is and her work is just fantastic in and of itself <laughs> um any other heroes that you art wise there's a lot um writers I love Marisela North is one of my favorites um poet what's uh, Los Angeles describe some of the poetry that, that it... or what it makes you feel like well I I think I wouldn't do it justice if I <laughs> went on my like loopiness I think it'd be better to experience so if anyone has like the time to look into it I think you should check out Buddy Sloan Rota's work it's fantastic I feel like as a Latino from and and in in America and, and living as an American um, there are certain pieces in there that I, I really really uh connected with when it came to my comes to my experience as well growing up and just trying to find myself through that spectrum on either way either side and she just she just does it beautifully with her work not i mean that's just one of the pieces she has so right. many pieces but mm-hmm. and um let's see other in the arts, music for sure. I think I'm mostly inspired by music. I love Bjork. Mm. Um, I will always love Bjork. She can do no wrong in my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh gosh, there's so many. I love folk music. Lately I've been listening to lots of folk. Any particular artists? Um, yeah, uh, her name is Iris Dement. And Iris Dement really resonates with me because her music kind of reflects my my teenage years mm. growing up within the church. Mm. And she's atheist, but she was also raised Pentecostal, mm-hmm. which was very similar to, to my experience. And um, the way she sings about it is the way that I feel like I paint the series for songs for a deaf god mm-hmm. where um, she addresses the problematic things that she had to deal with mm-hmm. within the church mm-hmm. and after the church as well like when it came to trying to explain that to people who are still in the church mm-hmm. where you, it, it's it's um, weird you're not doing it to offend them. It's really more of a personal, right? Um, you know, truth for yourself, and I, that's what I really love about her music. And she talks about, um, well, one of them is about the moment where she realized that God wasn't real mm. for herself, and then I think one of the lyrics is uh, I'm not worrying about 
or not worrying about prayer because God is going to do what he's going to want to do anyway. Right. About, and it's about death. And one of her brothers was like injured really badly and how, like no matter how much they prayed, God was going to do whatever, you know, when she realized that, you know, maybe prayer doesn't work. Maybe Hmm. things just are what they are. And maybe it's easier just to accept the moment Mm-hmm. And whatever your truth is, or the truth actually is, and that's kind of what I felt like in my early twenties, where I felt like um, I was falling a lot, and uh, when I would fall, I wouldn't be able to get back up because I have no arm strength when it like above my uh, my knees, and so one of the times I fell, it was really bad, and I was by myself, and. Uh, it just like so happened that I fell like right in front of like um, the closet mirror. So it went all the way down to the floor and I could see myself there. And there was like no way of avoiding this truth. And it was just one of those moments where I knew that no matter how much I prayed or what I'd done in my past, um, good wise, like there was nothing that was going to help me at that moment. It was just me and the concrete, and the blood, and the truth, and this, and the reflection of that, and that's, I actually painted a portrait of that, and I don't really show that one up, because it's just, it's kind of, Mm. it's one of those things I don't really like to remember, because it was, maybe now it's better, but yeah, that one was called Concrete Baptism, Mm -hmm. because my first baptism, well, I've had two, because initially we were Catholic, and the whole baby thing, not going to hell. Yeah. Yeah. Which is good, baby. Shouldn't be in hell. Enlist <laughs> <laughs> it was the Pat Benatar song. Ch- oh, ch- uh, to go hell is for children. Hell is for children. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Um, and then the second time I was baptized was within the church at fourteen, and the whole idea with that, with that, was to be like a new person, and you know, like being free of all those horrible sins you've committed before you're 14, which for me were like three. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe they were just like bad words or whatever. Right. Um, but the the truest baptism for me was that moment, like when my skull met the concrete <laughs> and the mirror like didn't let me like avoid that truth. And yeah, that was like, I don't know where we even started, but I just completely cycled <laughs> I derailed the entire no, interview. That's fine. So we kind of covered what what who's been your greatest muse. That was a question that one of my friends had for you. Um, but we kind of covered some of that. And I asked you to think what what is your favorite piece? I guess it's like a little bit, but what of your artwork so far? What's your favorite? I don't know, it's probably like every child is special, but do you have any particulars that you're very proud of or I there there are a few. I think it, it kind of changes. Mm-hmm. It depends on I don't know, I actually don't even know what it depends on maybe where I'm at mentally, but I'm looking around and I think my favorites are actually in this room with us right now. Excellent. <laughs> one of them is a portrait of, of you that we worked on, the first mm-hmm. one. And um, actually most of them are from that series, come to think of it. Okay. But I think the ones that, sorry, the ones that I think um, that I, I kind of love 
a lot are the one of you with the butterfly. Right. Um, the one behind me, Silicon Avenue Prayer, which is, uh, I, I'll try to describe it. It's um, it's a memory of my childhood. I grew up on a street that that was kind of like a a red light district of sorts. Um, where it was like right on on county line between okay. like Los Angeles County and then an empire. All right. And neither police department wanted to really do anything about that right. space. So when that happens, I guess pretty much anything can go, and it did. Mm-hmm. This was also the 80s mm. <laughs> when cocaine was <laughs> everywhere and fantastic. I mean, not that I was doing it at a child when yeah. I was eight. But, um, yeah, so I, you know, I had to go to special school since I was disabled and this was the 80s and we weren't supposed to be around normal kids because we were special. You're special. (laughs) Yeah, it's special. Um, So I'd have to wait for the bus in front of my house and that my street was where um, sex workers would park their cars and sometimes do their business there as well like on the street mm-hmm. but there was also always this one woman that just i could not not stare at her there was just something about her presence that just it didn't haunt me it was just one of those things that just never left left my my memory and i remember being a kid and just always staring at her and my mom would turn my head away so mm-hmm telling me not to be rude and to just pray for her. And so those were two things that kept on coming back, and that's what the painting is about. It's it's a memory of her and a child that's praying in front of her. Okay. And um, that's one of my favorites. And the one behind you is the one we talked about earlier with the grizzly and the panda bear. Okay. There's very strong memories around those two, it sounds like. Yeah, for okay. sure. Any of the heroes so far that you have met, and you did kind of share that with me before we started recording, there are some people, some famous, <laughs> we won't name names because this isn't TMZ <laughs> yet. <laughs> this, this, this is the part where if anyone's waiting for any juicy gossip, you should turn up your stereo, <laughs> turn up your radio. Um, but any, anyone, because you, you've been in the art world for a while, so you've yeah. run into different people, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, that's notorious that, you know, certain people you're, you look forward to meeting, and it doesn't quite work out, so. It's disastrous. Okay, so <laughs> go ahead and share um, there's blind item here. Oh, well, there's, <laughs> when it, okay, in the arts, definitely there was a couple of um, actors I, I really admired, until I met we were just like the worst people on the planet in person (laughs) Um, I don't know if they were just having a bad day or if they're just complete jerks Um, you know though but when it comes to the arts world like painting and artists that I've really looked up to there hasn't been any that have disappointed okay at all like they've I've fangirl times 10 when i met them and they were just like the coolest people and yeah artists are awesome <laughs> okay well so so far it's been mostly a, a positive experience yeah there. except for those two others but 
whatever. <laughs> so the two others was one experience with one particular person, or I'm um, sorry, I'm not getting like well, two at the same time. They were both at the same. <laughs> this is turning down, turning it sounding yeah. sexual. Yeah, they were at the yeah, same time. There was three of us, <laughs> and it was actually in the back behind the theater. <laughs> no, it was just, it was just disappointing because. I mean, they were kind of rude mm-hmm. and really dismissive and mm. just not very impressive as human beings. Okay. Well, let's go on to something more positive <laughs> and as we kind of get towards the end here. Um, who are some artists that you enjoy that you're keeping an eye on? I know you mentioned a few, but I feel like those are kind of like your you're high up here like it's probably some people that maybe like some up and coming I think is what the question is artists mm. that you're kind of got your eye on your keep checking in on them yeah. stalking them <laughs> <laughs> going through their trash <laughs> now that that's weird or anything no it's totally normal I'm going through your trash right now <laughs> <laughs> um actually there is one up and coming i don't know if she's really up and coming or if she's really like a star mm-hmm. but i love erica sonata's work she's a sculptor and she sculpts these little, um, well, not all little, some of them are pretty big, but they're these really beautiful little puppies. They all look like they're newborn puppies, but they kind of look angelic and demonic at the same time, um, which I think is really fascinating because I feel like that's what we're kind of like as humans. Um, but yeah, I, I love her work a lot. It's And so I, I've actually followed her quite a bit and one of the emails I just received was through like a gallery asking me if I wanted one of her pieces and I couldn't afford it yet so oh yeah (laughs) yeah um I know sometimes some artists are able to do trades Mm -hmm. um gaze and trade right (laughs) girl that's another podcast (laughs) is it I mean it's art (laughs) I guess so. It probably is knowing knowing the different types of artwork that's out there. There probably is a, an exhibition. Um, but the, uh, you know, do you have a lot? Okay, then that's a good question. As far as other mm-hmm. artists who's bought mm-hmm. your art, is there any any name names that you would? Hmm. Actually, most of the stuff that's that I've sold, I don't know who they are because it's gone mm. through galleries. Okay. And most galleries don't tell you like who mm. bought what. So I really don't know. Maybe um I've traded before with other artists, but I don't know if any of them have purchased it. Oh yeah, there is actually. Some um some uh folks here some other artists here in Pomona. Okay. In the Arch Colony. Okay. For sure. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's probably easier because it's a smaller community. Yeah, than, yeah, definitely. And I definitely did not know. I guess it makes sense that the gallery wouldn't necessarily be like, "By the way, yeah, so and so bought your thing." So we can go around you and just sell. Yeah, <laughs> right. No, it's, um, it's a, they don't really share that stuff. Right. I guess I assume that maybe sometimes somebody would reach out to you personally and be mm-hmm. like, "I'm interested in that work," but I guess I understand that's that happened though. too. Um, okay, like uh, people have seen some of and I'm sure this happens with lots of artists and galleries like they'll they'll see your work and then they'll contact you instead of the gallery and um I actually don't do that because like mm-hmm. if if it's through a gallery then I honor that it has to be through the gallery cuz it's a it's a business right um but they have they've they've asked me like 
you know, if I could sell it to them without the gallery's commission, mm-hmm. and I don't do that because right. the, the price is the price. Um, I feel like we're talking about other stuff right now. How so? I don't know. It's like a, I'm, I'm like dishing on art right now. No, it's fine. <laughs> Let's dish. <It's> <laughs> we should. Um, if anything, any galleries that are listening, right. he will, he's a loyal company man. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yes. You got to um, be. Yeah. Okay. Um, but uh, if anyone listening has any questions, um, you know, if you w- want to respond to Raul, uh, on his, you have a website. What is your website? Yeah, your it's it's my name. It's RaulPizarro.com. It's R-A-U-L-P-I-Z-A-R-R-O. And you can, there's like links on there for Facebook and mm. all social media through that website. Yeah, we're on everything but what? Periscope is gone. <laughs> Vine's gone. Wherever we're except where we need to be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if no one's into it anymore, we're, if it's not, if it's not publicly traded, we don't do it. We don't, we don't use it. Um, if it doesn't look good in a speedo, we're not there. <laughs> um, so, any questions there? And also on our podcast, we have at um, never never meet your heroes podcast dot com. Uh, we also have on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Um, so, any questions there? We're going to come back and talk to our another time and answer those questions and follow up on any other things that we didn't cover on this particular recording. Thank you, Raul, uh, for being part of our our first recording. And um, that's it. (laughs) Thanks for listening to Never Meet Your Heroes podcast. Find us at nevermeetyourheroespodcast.com where you can post comments, ask questions, and interact with artists and listeners. Also, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. And if you're on YouTube, don't forget to comment, like, and subscribe.